But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Luke 2.19. And every time I read this particular verse in our Christmas narrative, I am struck by the simple reflection from the heart of the woman chosen to carry and nurture our Savior. It is a picture of peace in the midst of mystery. It's a moment of cherishing wonder and the presence of the Almighty God here on earth. It is standing in amazement of, of how a newborn baby prompted strangers to draw near. There was something about the name Jesus, God with us. So I ask you, what are you pondering this morning? Well, my name is Jane Dorman. I uh, serve at the teaching team here at White Oak. And I'm not sure if you can recall what you were doing um, around New Year's Eve last year in anticipation of 2021. I remember sitting with my family. We were waiting for the ball to drop on, on TV, you know, on Times Square. And, and my family and I, we were toasting and we were dreaming of what 2021 could bring to us this year. You know, we toasted to going to the movie theaters again and seeing movies in person. We toasted to seeing extended family in person again. We, we imagined and we dreamed about eating in restaurants again and, you know, and even riding the Orion at King's Island, okay? We, you know, just to name a few things, we were just like, oh, yes, 2021, there is hope on the horizon. And then we went into 2021, and, and it felt like 2021 turned to 2020 and said, hold my drink, okay? <laughs> the last two years, we have collectively experienced severe mental and emotional distress. If 2020 was the year of unprecedented times, 2021 was the year where we felt the weight of this collectively lived trauma. Not one person was unaffected by COVID-19. Beginning, you know, it included, you know, beginning your first year of college virtually or being let go from your job of 20 plus years because of budget cuts, losing a resource of two square meals a day from your local school, saying goodbye to family members or close friends that were mercilessly robbed of their life because of this disease, and even events being postponed, then rescheduled, then postponed again. A quick look at some recent stats reveal how our mental health has been affected over these past two years. Check these out. About four in 10 adults in the US have reported symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder. This is an increase from one in 10 from January 2019. 26% of young adults, that's 18 to 24, have reported suicidal thoughts. That's an increase from 11%. And during the pandemic, adults in households with job loss or lower income reports, higher rates of symptoms of mental illness than those without job or income loss. We recognize that Christmas is a time of joy and celebration, and we 
have expectation of the coming of our Lord, but we would be remiss if we just did not acknowledge that this time of year can bring heightened awareness of real emotions of grief and despair, hurt and anxiety, even more so in light of what we have faced these last two years. Would you consider with me, whether you are here in the room or listening to us online today, that God is inviting you to exchange your heartbreak and your fear for his comfort and his assurance, just like Jesus exchanged heaven for life on earth in order to bring us into full life. Today, specifically, I want to encourage you to exchange your worries for God's peace. Now, as we address the topic of anxiety today, um, I want to be clear of the perspective that I am sharing. I am not a licensed medical professional, but I am a daughter of the king who personally struggles with fear and anxiety. 2021 has been a year of heightened anxiety for myself. It all peaked around mid-July, this year where I experienced a panic attack in the middle of a food court in Indiana. And what I was experiencing, I now know to be what they call an anniversary reaction. And as I did some reflection on that, an anniversary reaction is actually when your body experiences an increase in distress around the anniversary of a traumatic event. And upon that reflection, I realized that July of 2020 was kind of a, a moment of heightened anxiety for myself. So my body was paying attention, and it turns out I need to pay attention to my body. So um, if so, uh, so, then I want you to know that you are welcome today if you have ever experienced anxiety or you are currently wrestling with fear and anxiety. And um, when we go through this topic, we're going to take a look like at what it looks like to cope and move through the emotions of anxiety today. So let's start at the very beginning, and we're going to define kind of what's going on in our psyche with some definitions to get us started. So the first thing is fear. Fear, what is it? It refers to the thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations that occur naturally in the face of threats. Anxiety is a close component to fear. It occurs in anticipation of the feared situation. It usually leads us to want to avoid a situation or any reminders of a situation. Then there's stress, and that's the physical component where our body responds um, with like hormones and nerve chemicals that are released to help us cope physically. And then there is worry, and that is the cognitive component of anxiety. And it can often occur even well in advance of a potential threat. Worry can inhibit our ability to focus on any task at hand because it's too busy asking what if. And these questions lead us down various rabbit trails of thought. So what's the point of all these definitions? Fear and anxiety are feelings that are actually supposed to prompt our physical bodies to action. Okay? Fear initially helps us in those moments of fight or flight. And it prompts us to take action. And when you feel the emotional pain of fear and anxiety, it doesn't mean you're helplessly broken. It does not mean you are weak. It does not mean you are needy. It means your brain is doing what it was designed to do. It's feeling. 
The experience of emotional pain means you're human. The problem is, is that fear, once it is learned, it can become generalized to things outside of the original learned fear. And generalizing can lead us to fear and avoid situations and objects that are just not at all dangerous. Example, you will be hard pressed to get me to go for a long walk on the beach at night. You know why? Because that's when the crabs like to come out to play, okay? And I have seen too many kids get pinched. I've seen too many adults get pinched and they just won't let go. And I just like downloaded that in my brain and was like, nope, not for me. And every, every other year we go to the beach and we usually get there the first night when the sun's about to set. And my boys were just so excited to go for and see the waves. Come on, mom, let's go. And I was like, well, there's enough adults here, so we'll just go. I'll hang out on the beach deck. And my kids are running, and my oldest turns to me, and he goes, are you coming? (laughs) And before I could give him a suitable response to that request, he looked at me, and then he looked out to the waves, and he says, it's time to face your fears, mommy. And then he runs off into the darkness. Nothing like being put in your place by a (laughs) four-year-old. So why is anxiety such a struggle for us? I believe it's because of two things. We want certainty and we want comfort. We want to know what's coming next because that makes us comfortable. We have this unconscious drive at play in our psyche to avoid uncertainty and discomfort. And when our desire for comfort and certainty are threatened, By insecurity, our initial reaction is to just get rid of the feeling altogether, avoid it, ignore it, just will it away. How's that going for you? See, there is a paradox at play here. And we need to come to realize that when we seek control, we lose control. The reason for that is because the world does not play by the rules we desire. Anxiety wants us to seek comfort and certainty. Anxiety wants us to steer away from doubt and distress. And the thing is, is that if we live with these as our mindset priorities, we become stagnant in our growth and complacent in the way that we conduct our lives. Anxiety is a prison that holds us captive, preventing us from leaning into the discomfort of the pains of growth into who God created us to become. It will keep us from embracing the full life God wants us to experience. So instead of avoiding anxiety and worry, instead of ignoring the stress and turning away from what we fear most, We need to embrace it. Embrace the feelings that anxiety brings up in our lives and engage with it so that you can move through the feeling into growth. When we approach what we fear, we actually have to keep our minds open and present to the situation. If we are too frightened to pay attention and we distract ourselves, the new learning of unlearning the fear will not occur. It's time to face our fears and exchange our worries for God's peace by fixing our focus. So our big idea today is this. 
Focus on the promise, not the problem. God knows the world we live in is broken. He sees us wrestle with uncertainty. He knows we desire comfort. We need to come to the realization that the Bible says we will face struggles of many kinds. Christianity is not an immunity to pain. It says we will suffer for our faith. It even says the way of Jesus is that of daily sacrifice. That means a daily death to self so that we can have full life through following Jesus. Focus on the promise, not the problem. In his book, Stopping the Noise Inside Your Head, author and PhD Reed Wilson offers a five-step process to facing challenges with anxiety. And we're going to go right through them, and then we're going to apply it to our Christmas passage today. So step one, we are going to step toward not away from your challenges. Step two, have faith that you have the ability to master your anxious worry. Step three, willingly and voluntarily choose to feel clumsy, awkward, unsure, embarrassed, insecure, and afraid. Step four, permit yourself to fail on your way to success. And step five, You've got to invest energy into the work. Today, we're going to focus on how Mary puts this into practice in the book of Luke, chapter 1. If you want to open your Bibles and follow along with me, we're going to be starting in verse 26. If you do not have a Bible, we would love to give you one. Be sure to check in at the hub in the back. If you're online today and you don't have a Bible, get in contact with us. We would love to hook you up. This is God's Word, and it is important. So today, we are going to be reading in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what this sort of greeting this might be. Let's take notice for a second. We're going to pause here and take a look at this scenario. And I want you to imagine for a minute what it would be like to encounter an angel or a supernatural power. Because every time I read about an angel or a supernatural encounter in the Bible, there seems to be this element of fear. You are going about your daily routine. Mary was probably doing what she does every day, and then all of a sudden, this heavenly being just appears out of nowhere, okay? It says in the text that she is greatly troubled. She is discerning whether or not she should fight or flight. Fear is triggering her stress response. Does she run away? No. She gets curious. Let's continue reading the text in verse 30. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. 
and of his kingdom there will be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, well, uh, how will this be? (laughs) Because I am a virgin. Here we have Gabriel. He is reassuring Mary to not be afraid, and he goes on to explain God's beautiful plan to fulfill his prophecy through her. No pressure. And I have to believe that a million thoughts were swirling around in her head in this moment. You're going to be the mother of the Savior of the world, the one we've been waiting for. And not only that, this opportunity was going to be costly for Mary because back in her day, the culture was different. Mary was betrothed to be married. And in her culture, women did not have a voice. Women were considered to be second class, and pregnancy out of wedlock in this particular scenario was grounds for divorce because Joseph was not the father of this child. Mary had everything to lose, but did Mary turn away and avoid the discomfort and the uncertainty? No. She got curious, and she asked the angel, How will this happen? Because I am a virgin. Let's read further. Verse 35, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing is impossible with God. You see, Gabriel explains God's plan with this essence of mystery, and then he follows it with this declaration, this promise. For nothing will be impossible with God. And this prompts Mary's beautiful response. Verse 38, and Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. Mary had everything to lose, yet her eyes were on the promise. Nothing will be impossible with God. Focus on the promise, not the problem. She was willing to risk her reputation, her marriage, her status, her life, all because she had faith in the promise, faith that would sustain her in the uncertainty that she faced physically, emotionally, culturally. And because of this step of faith, Mary voluntarily chose to feel awkward, insecure, potential embarrassment, and fear. And Mary surrendered her body to God, permitting herself to be vulnerable and to invest energy into the work her body was going through to produce an infant child. Mary focused on the promise, not the problem. Another part of the strategy with engaging with our anxiety and coping with it is to talk back to it. We engage our anxiety by personifying it and talking to it. And when Mary went to go visit Elizabeth, I can only imagine the comfort Mary was seeking. 
I may be inferring a little too much here, but as a woman who has gone through pregnancy three times herself, there is so much anxiety and worry going on around pregnancy because you really don't have control with what's going on. There is a lot of uncertainty in pregnancy. And Mary's situation was riddled with anxiety, as we established, but instead of cowering in fear, she talks back to her anxiety through song, and she reminds her anxiety who her God is. Listen to Mary's song in Luke 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Focus on the promise, not the problem. Mary moved forward despite anxiety. And my question for you this morning is, how can you move forward despite your anxiety today? A popular text that we like to refer to on this topic of anxiety is found in the book of Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. And I got to be honest with you, I used to be very discouraged by this passage because it feels like a message that tells you, just don't be anxious. Every time I heard it preach, all I could hear was, do not be anxious. And if you are someone who wrestles with anxiety and fear and you tell them, don't be anxious, oh, great. I still feel anxious, like nothing's changed. You know, you can tell me that all day, but I still wrestle with it, okay? But if all we read in this whole passage in Matthew is the phrase, do not be anxious, I think we miss a key promise that can help us move through our anxiety. We're going to start in verse 31, and it says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And here's our key promise. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Did you catch it? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and when we do that, all these things will be added to you. In other words, we need to take our focus off our circumstantial problems that we are experiencing, and we need to exchange these culturally learned fears for God's peace. And how do we do that? By seeking God first. What do I mean by that? When you're nervous about a dental appointment coming up, who is it you call first to talk about it? When the economy is tanking and you're not quite sure how to make ends meet, who do you talk to about it? 
When an illness becomes an emergency and it's littered with uncertainty, who do you talk to first? When you have a big test or a big project at work that you just feel totally unqualified for, who do you go to to talk to about it first? When you take a nightly stroll on the beach against your better judgment because of your kid's judgment, who do you talk to about your fear first? In whom are we seeking comfort? The Bible says that when we come into relationship with Christ, we are a new creation, and we are encouraged in Scripture to no longer be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. We have the ability, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, to have the mindset of Christ. We read about this in Philippians 4, verses 6 through 9. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything telling God what you need and thank him for all he's done, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, and then the God of peace will be with you. And I love how the New Living Translation uses that phrase, fix your thoughts. Because the word fix really puts action behind this whole passage. It is a reminder that our spiritual growth needs to go beyond just thinking about or reading about something. There is unwavering action happening here. This has been a passage of scripture that actually has followed me throughout this entire year. You know, God knows a lot more about what you need before you realize you need it. And I had a wonderful friend actually create a piece of scriptural art for me that we hang over our mantelpiece highlighting this verse and is a daily reminder of what the mindset of Christ looks like. It's almost as if Paul gives us this checklist to kind of capture our thoughts when they go spiraling out of control. I mean, take a look. I think we have our checklist of things. You ask yourself, is it true? Is it honorable? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it commendable? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of praise? And if it is, you think about these things. And if it doesn't align, then these spiraling thoughts are not from God. It's time to fix our thoughts on the things God wants us to so that we too can experience the supernatural peace that is beyond our understanding. And if you are here this morning and you have just felt the burden or the struggle with anxiety and you are weary and you feel just so defeated and restless, maybe it's time to talk back to your anxiety and tell it who your God is. And we do that by spending time with him daily in his word. If we want to exchange our worries for his peace, we need to be willing to invest in the work of seeking Christ and his kingdom first before anything else. And this actually brings me back to the verse that we opened with this morning. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Luke 2.19 
I want you to imagine with me for a moment what Mary must have been feeling, knowing that she played a part in ushering God's peace into the world. Had she not stepped toward the uncertainty and the discomfort, she would have never personally experienced this gift of grace. And not only that, part of me wonders if she was also pondering what was to come because of the promise of Jesus was to fulfill through his death and his resurrection. More uncertainty, more discomfort, and yet more peace as she focused on the promise, not the problem. Jesus exchanged heaven for earth so that we could have the opportunity to know him, to know love, to know peace. And he did that because he loves you fiercely. He loves you so much that he exchanged his comfort for a cross. And before you brush off that statement and say, he was willing to do that, that's what he came for, I want to remind you of this scene in the garden that I think about all the time. And Jesus is on his knees and he is begging Jesus, God, is there another way? He was sweating drops of blood. Stress response was being triggered. He knew the certainty of the discomfort he was going to embrace, but did he run away? No. He fixed his thoughts, and he thought of you. And then he stepped towards the cross. And maybe you're here this morning, and you want to experience that peace for the first time. I would love to have a conversation with you. Kevin and I will be around this morning. If you want to pull us aside, I would love to talk to you. And maybe you're here today and you've experienced heightened moments of anxiety from the trauma of these last few years and you just don't know how to deal with it. White Oak has some resources that we would like to share with you. You can stop by the hub on your way out. And if you're just in a place today where you just need this daily reminder to fix your thoughts, um, I would just love to refer, refer you to our Philippians 4 checklist. We're going to have it posted on our social media later this week for you to kind of capture it and just have it physically around so you can just remind yourself when your thoughts go spiraling. Let's fix our thoughts and have the mindset of Christ. And lastly, if you just need someone to pray with you this morning, we're going to have people down front ready to receive you and to pray over you. Focus on the promise, not the problem. Let's exchange our worries for God's peace today. Let's pray. Holy Father, I just thank you for who you are. We thank you that you were willing to exchange heaven for earth so you could be with us and commune with us and reveal to us who you are. And we know and we believe and we trust you are actively working in each of our lives. Father, we surrender our feelings of anxiety and uncertainty and fear to you. And I ask that you would just reveal yourself to each one of us and let us know each day you are walking beside us through our emotions. I pray 
pray a special blessing over everyone in this room and online listening us today, that they would just encounter you deeply and intimately this season. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.